0: Hello, this is Kristen Godsey with the AK-47 podcast. That's 47 selections from the works of Alexandra Kolontai. I am a professor of Russian and East European Studies at the University of Pennsylvania and the author of Why Women Have Better Sex Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence. I've been talking about Alexandra Kolontai's essay, Make Way for Winged Eros, A Letter to Working Youth, for the last six episodes. In the last episode, I talked to a graduate student at the University of Pennsylvania in the School of Design, Elisheva Levy, about her work and how it's been influenced by Ty. In the episodes before that, I read the entirety of the essay over five episodes, so again, please make sure you actually listen to the essay before you listen to the analysis, and this week, I am going to re-invite my 17-year-old daughter, who is a high school student, back onto the show to discuss this essay, Make Way for Winged Eros, and how it applies to life in high school. So one of the things that Colin tai talks about in the essay is this idea that if you have a robust social group, robust friend group, or robust sense of community with comrades that you maybe work with or study with or live with, that you're going to not have emotional needs only be met by one person whether it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whether it's like a bff like your best friend and one of the things that happens in obviously when you're younger in high school is that you form these relationships with either partners or with friends that can sometimes be exclusive and people try to break you up or uh, get jealous of that time that you spend away from other people. I don't know. I, I mean, it's been a long time since I've been in high school. So do you think that Colin Ty has, that her ideas are actually relevant to your experience in high school in 2019?
1: Um, I think that's a very interesting question. And I do think that in the context of high school, there are kind of two arguments that you can present. There's the argument that she's right on the money, which is that everybody has these social sort of circles and they have these expectations from one another and the sort of ultimate goal especially for girls in high school and girl groups is they talk a lot about boys a lot and they talk about um who they if they want to have a relationship and and who they want to have a relationship with and when they finally do it can become sort of like all of the other single girls kind of push them out and are like you're not you're not part of us anymore and then the girl who has a relationship will say, well, okay, well, I'm going to be with my boyfriend now. Um, and it doesn't have to be, have the, there doesn't have to be animosity, it just has to be, it just tends to be that there's sort of a rift that occurs. And so what Kollontai is arguing, that is, it seems like she's saying that if we have significant others, but we maintain this relationship with the friends, because obviously a boyfriend can't meet all of your emotional needs, your you know, intellectual needs, things like that, that having a diverse friend group can be very valuable. And I do definitely think that there is merit to what she's saying, which is that under capitalism, especially in the era of Instagram and everything being for sort of certain purposes for being, people want to be happy, but they also want to show that they're happy on Instagram and on social media. And so the problem is that we value as a society a lot of, People are told through the media that they all they want is a relationship. People want girls get together and watch rom-coms and they see beautiful love stories with soaring symphonic music in the background. And they get this very romanticized view of romance. And of course, those who actually get romance in high school realize that it kind of sucks And it is never what they imagine it to be. (laughs) And so I think that that very much is, they they sort of realize, part of what high school is, is realizing that you can't just get a boyfriend and immediately ditch all your friends because it's not going to be perfect. And it's not going to be amazing. And it's not going to be the movies, which is what we're basically sold. And I was actually thinking about this sort of to go on a little bit of a tangent with the movies and with media. That is the source of a lot of the capitalist brainwashing that goes on and people tend to be a little bit unaware of it. And and we sort of Obviously, we know that our culture and our mindset is shaped by the media, but we don't really think about it and we're not really aware of it. And so we know that it, it tells us what we want and then we get it and then we realize that we don't actually want it as much. But instead of realizing, instead of deciding, well, the media lies, we just say, oh, I just didn't find the right person yet. <laughs> and so I think that the issue with Colin Tai's argument is that what she's saying is that we don't need significant others at all. We, or, well, not necessarily that, but that we. But what she's saying is that she's saying that we need significant others and that significant
0: others are important, but they shouldn't be the only people in our lives that make us feel special. There should be lots of people in our lives that make us feel special. And if lots of people make us feel special, then we won't demand. All of the affective resources of this one other person who is primarily and exclusively responsible for making us feel validated and good about ourselves. I think that's what her argument is.
1: And I think to some extent that's true. That we do put a lot of inordinate value on relationships and that sort of love. But... Also, there is a lot of idolization that happens with people with older peers, like older siblings or, you know, people in clubs who you look look up to. Like, there's a lot... Being validated by them is, in some cases, even more important than being validated by a significant other. And a lot of times, people... I've heard a lot of girls say, especially that when they're friends and when other girls validate their appearance, it feels much better than when boys do because boys don't really... They just want, they, they have ulterior motives, sort of. And girls just say that you look good because they want to sit, because they honestly think that you look good. And so there's definitely, like, I think that colonized claim that that doesn't exist at all is, I think, a little false. I think there definitely are big, large friend groups, and people get validation from each other, and they care, and affect resources, especially, like, I have a friend right now who is in a relationship and got into a relationship recently but she's not any less connected to her peers to her good friends her female friends than she was before she's in some cases even a little more so because she has different she has different resources and she's more willing to give different parts of herself to her friends and different parts of herself to her boyfriend so i think that Right. So I just want to stop you
0: there and jump in and say, I actually have thought about this a lot because, you know, I teach at the university. And I think that the interesting thing about Colin argument is that for really young people, whether you're like in high school or especially university students between the ages of 18 and 22, they live in dorms, they eat in dining halls, they spend all of their time on campus. In some ways, what Colin is describing is what most university students experience i mean especially so in high school you live with your parents but you have this whole social world around high school Mm -hmm. and but in university you leave your parents and you essentially live in like a socialist community for four years it's It's a very socialist space in terms of co-housing you live together with a bunch of people that you don't know you eat together in public dining halls you uh you go to classes together there's a sort of weird egalitarianism You know, there's some, of course, there's always going to be inequalities, but there is a weird egalitarianism that happens on college campuses for four years. But then what happens is as you get older, you become way more isolated. And part of that is because you're working and you're busy. Part of it is when you have really young children, it gets really hard. You know, Ellie Sheva last week was talking about how isolating it is when you have young children and it's just you and your partner
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and you're trying to do everything on your own without anybody else's help. So you lose those connections to your friends. Do you guys talk about that in school? Like, what happens? I mean, you see other people's parents, right?
1: Well, I do... So I think that the thing is that for... I have one friend, and his parents... I I often... I spend a lot of time at his house, and I often go over for dinner. And almost every single time that I go over for dinner, they also have family friends coming over for dinner. And they have innumerable parties... And gatherings, and it's a very social household. And I, there are a few people who come, who I know because I've been there at the same time as them multiple times. And so the, it's a very, they clearly have a very close knit community, um, in this household. And I think that it's very much, it seems much more warm and much more open, and a lot. I think it's sort of a little bit of what Colin uh, Ty envisioned, which is this very social, very warm household where everybody has connections with other people and it's not exclusive in the same way. and I think that that's definitely there's definitely a lot of merit to that and there's definitely uh, a really nice atmosphere and and stuff to that as I said. and I definitely agree that as people get older and they settle down and they that the focus the pressure of society becomes find a partner, settle down, find a house, get a joint bank account, have some children. And then, you know, live your lives together. Hopefully you won't get divorced. And if you do, you'll find somebody else and you'll settle down with them and then you'll retire and then you'll die. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's definitely harmful to people because especially if you don't have the happiest of marriages or if your spouse has a completely different job or completely different perspective from you, having the input and having the resources to be able to talk to somebody else about it is definitely very valuable. And so I think there are definitely, there are some studies that I've read about where people have said that um, having the collectivist communities and, and stuff like that, people are actually much happier. And there's one interesting, really interesting study that I read about, which is that people report much higher happiness when they help other people. When they give, so there's a certain level of affective resources, especially for women, are drained and consumed on the daily by all of the men in our lives and all of the other people who demand our affective resources. But on the other hand, if we don't give those that care and that love and that attention, it can cause a dip in happiness as well. And so there's this there's this study there's a very famous study where people gave people money, and one group got money just to spend on themselves, and then later reported. How, how much happier they became. And then the other group had to give their money to somebody else. And the other group was much happier.
0: Interesting. After
1: the, the experiment, because they were they were giving things to other people freely. Mm. And so I think that this kind of speaks to the natural community and communi- communistic nature of humanity. Not communist, but communistic, um, just to clarify. But I think that definitely. Maybe
0: communal is the right communal, word. Communal. communal exactly. Yeah. Collectivist. Collective
1: yeah. and social and be, I mean we say in psychology obviously I currently am studying for my psychology exam very soon but in psychology there's this very like kind of central saying which is that humans are social creatures and everything is based on sociability and, and things like that and so what I think that Colin Tai is trying to say and and obviously I Heaven, I'm not as familiar with her work as you are, but I think that it's very interesting to talk about and think about how removing the necessity to think about oneself all the time and to think about, well, how am I going to find a house and how am I going to find a partner and how am I going to settle down and have a perfect life and earn money and stuff like that and do everything for myself or for my children. Being able to give to others freely and without worrying about whether or not the things that you're giving will end up harming you by just giving them I think that's kind of the central, the mm-hmm. most important thing. So the last question I want to ask you is about polyamory.
0: And I am really always, I mean, I'm very surprised among your generation how the lack of homophobia and the, the acceptance that you have, uh, in, especially among your age group, for people of all sexualities and genders. It's truly a revolution between when I was growing up and when you now you 're growing up i mean I, it's it 's like a different world completely, but one of the things that is still fairly controversial is this idea of polyamory of having multiple partners right mm-hmm. of being with different people for different reasons. And obviously, if you, you could read Colin Tai as being really an advocate for, for polyamory, she really believes that you should have different people for different needs. It might be that you have one partner who's your intellectual partner, one partner who's your emotional partner, one par- partner who's your physical partner, or maybe multiple partners in each category. So... We're, how does that idea play out in in discussions in high school, if it does at all? I mean, I mean, maybe just you guys don't talk about it. I
1: Don't think it does. Okay. I mean, if if it's a thing that happens as dis, in, and even dis, in discussions, it's definitely more of a college thing, which I will gain experience with potentially, <laughs> um, in the years to come. But I definitely think that it's not it's not talked about. It's not common in high school.
0: So people in relationships expect to be exclusive with that person while definitely. you're together. And then, you know, if you go off with somebody else, it's a serial kind of monogamy rather than a polyamorous sort of thing. I
1: mean, there's definitely still jealousy and exclusivity and cheating and stuff like that in high school. I think that, I mean, if if somebody were to... I do actually know a, f- a friend of mine who went to college recently, and she... And her boyfriend went to different colleges and they did leave the relationship open. And she has been having really like sexual relations and emotional relations with other people while she's at college, even though she's still technically dating her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So there definitely, it definitely exists. It's definitely a much more communal thing, but I don't think to the extent that it exists in high school, because obviously in high school, there's a whole different atmosphere and the whole different purpose of high school, which is to find yourself and to find who you are. And so... With such fragile egos that are kind of developing in high school, having a polyamorous relationship can be very damaging because in our society, we still place so much value on having that one special someone who cares about you more than anything. And so cheating and stuff like that is the ultimate kind of insult to your who you are and who you're becoming as a person in high school because it's like you're not good enough. And so maybe in a sort of imaginary future in which, or a distant future, in which everybody is perfectly communistic or social or commune with their feelings and with their attention and their love, then maybe polyamory wouldn't be such a bombshell. But I think for a lot of high schoolers it's kind of unheard of and and frowned upon but not even frowned upon in a way that it exists and people don't like it it's just that it doesn't even exist at all in the (laughs) mindset
0: so that was my daughter and i having a conversation about colin ty and her relevance to the lives of contemporary high school students and i hope you have enjoyed these discussions about make way for winged arrows i'm hoping to do one more next week with another graduate student at the university of pennsylvania in comparative literature She's working on domesticity and is actually using this essay to reflect on some of her own research. Until then, please subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast if you like the content and keep up the good fight.